G'day, g'day. This is Rita Join, and welcome to the Unbox Your Gift podcast, how to turn a passion into a profession. And today I want to give you a glimpse into the world of Jim Penwin. And if you've never heard of him, he is a well-known Australian businessman. He is the founder of Jim's Group or Jim's Mowing. And if you're not in Australia, just let's just say that this guy was a, has a PhD in history. So a PhD in history, his doctorates, and decided to go and mow lawns. Okay, As, now can you imagine? Goes out to mow lawns and he turns this part-time little hobby thing into a full-time job. This full-time job of, lawning, of mowing lawns turns into a business for himself. The business scales and he now creates franchises. And today, this PhD doctorate has a $500 million business with 4,000 franchises and about 35,000 or so customers per day. How do you go from being a PhD historian, thinking that you're going to have a life in academia, to actually running a successful business? And the answer to that and the glimpses of that are going to be revealed for you tomorrow in an interview that I did with his biographer. And I interviewed his biographer by the name of Catherine Mullenscott. And she actually had the opportunity to write his story. And the brilliant thing about it and that she shared with me was that when she approached him for his biography to be written, he actually tell, told her that I want you to go and also get the insights and interview people who don't actually like me. And so her job was not only to, you know, extrapolate the story of Jim himself, but from by Jim's own request, uh, Catherine went out and interviewed the people who don't like him very much so that Jim wanted a full breadth of you know, he wanted the 3D picture of who he was rather than what, who he thought he should be perceived as in the public. And I think that's a huge quality, a very humbling quality. And I kind of think to myself, will he, I mean, does that happen? Did he actually say that because he studied history? He's got a doctorate in history and history, history is written by the victors, right? You know, that's the thing, you know, history is written by who won the wars. And yet I, I think to myself, did he want the other opinions because that's a real understanding of how he will be seen in the world in the years to come because, you know, he's studied this for all his life. And so I'm sharing this story with you because I find that when you and I get caught up in a certain train of thinking, that we need to do something a certain way at a certain period of time, when you have something like a PhD and now you go mow lawns, I, I sometimes think how many of us would feel embarrassed? How many of us would feel shy? How many of us would feel unworthy? How many of us would think we just kind of lost the plot or we, we didn't make it or are not a success? And what I find remarkable about Jim is that he didn't, what it seems like, and I'm yet to interview Jim himself. I'm interviewing Jim for a heads up on Wednesday, the 8th of January. Wednesday, the 8th of January, I've secured a time with Jim to interview him and get his insight. But tomorrow you'll hear from the biographer, which is huge because if you're interested in ghostwriting and how to become a writer, that's why I've interviewed his biographer. You'll hear that podcast tomorrow, which is an absolute like, rare gem because she didn't go to university. She didn't have a celebrity name. She hadn't been writing for 
years and years and years, but you will see how she broke into the industry for her writing, how she got the attention like a multi-millionaire successful businessman like Jim Penman and how she was able to secure the contract and the deal and how you can learn from the same thing of how you can turn a passion of writing into a full-time profession without being a starving artist, which is what, um, why I've got Catherine on the show to, on the podcast tomorrow. And so getting back onto to Jim, you and I, when we have a, our mindset on something, the best thing that I've learned through 2019 is the ability to not judge myself. And it's the hardest thing in the world because judging yourself is all about, oh, that was stupid. Why did you do that for? Well, that was dumb. Like, I mean, oh, you're never going to be able to do that. Like, that's judging yourself. I know that if I were in Jim's shoes and I had a PhD in history and then I went out and started mowing lawns, I personally, to be to completely transparent, would have felt unworthy. I would have felt very down about myself. But what the difference is, is that Jim never had, oh, I can't say never because I haven't interviewed him, but he didn't have the feelings enough, if he did have them, to ever have them overwhelm him. In fact, it did the opposite. It accelerated his pace and his success, and he's become a very household name. Now, people all around Australia who have franchises, uh, Jim's Mowing, the Jim Penman Group, I mean, they now have livelihoods thanks to this man. They have careers. They can feed their families. They can actually go and do the things that they've always wanted to be their own boss. Thanks to the vision and this man not judging himself, not, pre not creating the prejudice upon himself. And that's my biggest takeaway that I had that I wanted to share with you. Consider how often you judge yourself. Sometimes when I've judged myself, I thought I'm punishing myself and I deserve to be punished because how could I be so stupid as to do X, Y, or Z? And so I, I would think that, I used to think that if I punished myself and I spoke badly to myself, like in my head, my internal dialogue, if I spoke badly to myself, then that warranted, that would, you know, that I was deserving of that. And what I've now come to realize in 2019 is the more I judge myself, the more I say, well, that was stupid. I can acknowledge the fact that something didn't go right, but me dwelling on it and me constantly thinking about it and me having flashbacks about it, like a, a rewinding a movie in my head about what I did wrong or what I said was incorrect, me doing that constantly only draws me back. And I, that, that point was in my head, but it really, like, it hit the nail on the head today when I was interviewing Catherine, the ghostwriter and the autobiographer, the biographer of Jim Penman, and she pointed that out to me. The fact that he had a PhD and then he started just mowing lawns because, well, really, how far can you get with a PhD in, other than being a lecturer? Which he could have gone down that path and that's what he was doing. But I'm sharing that with you because if there is anywhere in your life that you're judging yourself, be very conscious of it. And what I've decided to do is rather than judge myself, oh, like what an idiot, get curious about what caused that and just view my behavior like I'm in the third, like in a third person mentality, like I'm watching a movie and I'm watching someone else make that mistake. That allows me to cause separation between me and the behavior that I'm really upset about that I did or didn't do or the thing that I was supposed to do. You know, do you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to separate who I am with the behavior. So I'm, so I'm trying to learn from the behavior and not punish who I am. Does that make sense? And that's what I've learned. And that's what I want to relay in this podcast is take a note of when you judge yourself, how often you judge yourself 
And what can you do to be able to separate yourself from the behavior? And my best strategy is to view it from the perspective of that's a behavior. And why would that happen? What did I do? What happened there? And so, and then I leave it. And sometimes I get into the habit of just forgiving myself. Like I've just got to say, yep, I stuffed it up at that point. I couldn't go, can't go back again. So just I've got to forgive myself and then move on. Because if I hold on to it, then I'm just going to bring it back like a bad movie back into my thinking every time that I'm trying to do something relatable or something that is similar to that. And it'll just bring up that bad feeling, that bad taste in my mouth. And and that's like, like if, if Jim's story is of any significance, it's to never judge yourself. And I can't wait to actually interview him because that's what I took from his story, but I cannot wait to actually ask him that question. Um, did he feel sorry for himself? Did he feel unworthy? Because I'm sure he did not because of his rate of success. Uh, but to know that about yourself, to know how to separate yourself, I believe is a superpower. It really is. I believe the super. And I actually believe, and I correct me if I'm wrong, but I think men, um, and this is generally speaking, obviously, have a better time of not judging themselves than women. Women tend to judge themselves a lot more. It's interesting because I was listening to Esther Perel, I think her name is Esther Perel, who was a huge relationship um, therapist. And she was saying that she asked couples this question, what makes you feel the, the closest to your husband or wife? Like she would ask the wife, what makes you feel the most closest to your husband? Like what draws him closer to you in your mind? She'd ask the husband, what draws her closer to So she would ask this question. And the women would usually, women usually, not all the time, usually said when he plays with the kids, when he's with the kids. And I see him in that moment. And she said never in her therapy has men ever said when I see my wife playing with the kids. Which, which just, and that's just me interpreting that information, interpreting that piece of information, thinking that's how much women internalize everything. That's just seeing that moment of, a, of their husband, their partner playing with the children, causes a lot of warmth in the heart for a female, causes a lot of connection, causes peace, stability, all those beautiful, mushy things, you know. But for men, they don't even mention that. No, they're not... There's nothing wrong with that. That's just their DNA. My point is that that's how they don't feel that when mothers feel guilty about something because they're not spending enough time or they're not doing the right thing by their kids. That level of guilt because women internalize things a lot more readily than what men do. And it's the same thing for self-judgment. That women judge themselves, I believe, a lot more than what men would. Men seem to have this barrier of separation. And what we're trying to do and what I'm trying to do as a female here is I'm trying to see that the behavior is different from who I am. I'm not that mistake that I made. I'm not, because mistakes happen and blundles happen. And what I'm trying to do is separate that by becoming curious and then forgiving and then moving on, like releasing it. Because that prevents self-judgment and judgment stops both you and then that gives you permission to judge others. And that stops you even further in life. Judging yourself and judging others stops you further. So that's what I want to share with you guys. I hope that's been helpful. If it has, please let me know. If you've got any questions or any requests for interviews that you'd like to see on the podcast series, then please let me know at Rita at unboxyourgift.com. Thank you so much for your time and your attention. I always do appreciate it. And my advice to myself and to you is that life is a gift and together 
with some boxes. God bless.